Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Oh, Lord. Let's do this really quick. Just be seated for one quick second. One quick second. I believe everything that God wanted to accomplish today has already been done in this time. Oh, Lord, thank you. I just want to give you one quick word. Team, hang out. That's okay. You'll have the rest of Sunday to take a Sunday nap. I'm thankful for these guys. I want to read this to you really quick. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. I'm going to read verses 14, 15, and 16. And then we're going to peek into one story into the gospel. And I just want to stir up your faith that as you leave from here, because by the way, even though today is the 21st day of 21 days of prayer and fasting, which by the way, can we celebrate? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Y'all look a little lighter today. (laughs) Me and Pastor Reese have lost so much weight. The amount of weight we lost could be the weight of like a small human being combined, for sure. Holy cow. Oh, thank you, Lord. Who's thinking about food right now? My wife and I, I'm not even going to lie. This is how spiritual this is. We are going to enjoy the most amazing sweet potato fries tonight, and I can't wait. Here's when you know it's bad. <laughs> it's not bad, it's great. I, I, I want to say this too, because if I get too off track, then, then, then you'll think that, you know, we were just starving ourselves for 21 days, and that's not it. I want to say this, first and foremost. There are waves right now of glory that God's releasing into this house. We've been seeing it particularly, though, on Wednesday nights. And it's building, and it's building, and it's building. And I heard, I heard this, um, this scientific uh, illustration, story, example, this thought from another pastor. And he said that there are these butterflies, these mammoth butterflies that migrate from Southern California all the way up into Canada in the time and the season when migration and weather patterns begin to change. And so these butterflies, they'll, they'll leave from Southern California, go all the way up the coastline into Canada for the, for, for the season. I love in South Florida, it's the opposite. Everybody comes all the way from Canada and migrates all the way down to the coast of South Florida. Any Canadians in the house this morning? Okay. Welcome. Bless you. Any South Floridians in the house this morning? Okay. Don't worry, ma'am. Your time is coming. But as these butterflies move from Southern California and they go all the way up to Canada, it doesn't happen with one butterfly getting from point A to point B, it actually takes four generations 
for the butterflies to completely migrate from California to Canada. So along the way, a generation of butterflies will stop, they'll lay eggs, a new generation will rise up, and they'll continue the journey moving forward. And this will repeat itself up to the fourth generation. And I believe what the Lord is doing in this season right now is that there's a generational anointing that was birthed and ushered in from our founder that has continued on for gener really through generations because when you think about the, 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 uh, the, the people that Bishop and Pastor Kathy got to pastor, they pastored three and a half decades of people. That's almost a generation and a half almost two generations that has moved further and we're in this next season now that there's another wave of God's glory that's pouring out, but we wouldn't be to this place if it wasn't for the first generation. And the first generation that was willing to let the next generation and the next generation, and so there's waves of glory that God is releasing right now upon his people. And dare I say, if there ever was a time and a season that we're going to experience a full measure in the weight of God's glory, it's right now. Go back to the word of the Lord. Just listen to the word of the Lord. It, it prophetically outlines how we are going to move forward from a time of positioning to changing to who we're being developed as our spiritual identity to only to bring us to a season of supernatural increase and multiplication. Go back to the word of the Lord. But what's happening is there's waves right now. There's waves right now. And my prayer has been, Lord, in this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, though we're coming to the conclusion today, God, if you continue to bring the fire, I'll continue to be the sacrifice. To see this flame continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. At whatever the cost is, God, you bring the fire. I will live on the altar of sacrifice. I will not climb off of this altar. I even publicly speak this right now. What God is doing in this season is so significant. It's not a game. You don't play church. You don't try Jesus. That's why Hebrews 4, 14 says, because we have this great, priest talking about Jesus he says hold on to our confession of faith hold fast to your confession of faith at another time I'll preach the message the message was titled hold fast not hold on to continue to fast 365 days out of the year but for some hey I don't know but this is why we prioritize prayer and fasting that we're not just doing 21 and done but we're gonna continue as a church corporately as we come together on these Tuesdays, on the first Tuesday, because there's something about pulling on heaven. When you're willing to push away earth and pull on heaven, God begins to show himself in a mighty way, in a supernatural way. I'm telling you, we are in a time right now that if we can push the things of this world away and pull on the things of God, the things that you've been believing for, the things that, that you've been praying for, the things that you've been asking God for, the things that seemed like was years is going to happen in seconds. It's a season of acceleration. It's a season of greater it's a season that God wants to touch your life in such a miraculous way. And the reason for it is because you need to be able to carry that testimony and reach somebody.
The world needs to know that there's a God in heaven that loves them, that cares about them, that God was willing to send his son to die on the cross for their sins. And so it's time for the people of God to put aside the nonsense and the foolishness in the games and get right with God. That's why it says all those who turn to the Lord must take down the veil. You got to take down the veil. Stop pretending. No more masks. I'm not talking about COVID masks, but if that's your deal that you're still hung up on, then take it off. But all of us to some level put on masks. We put on social media masks. We put on masks when we go on our job. We put on all these identities that keeps us from the true identity of who God's called us to be. And God's called his church to be powerful and anointed and to walk in purpose and destiny and to have success and victory so the world will know that God is good. But it starts when you hold fast to your confession. What is hold fast? To take possession of what you believe. What is your confession of faith today? What is on your lips today? What are you speaking today? What are you declaring today? I'm just believing that God can heal me. Well, hold on a second. I thought we already said that he was our healer. I'm not asking God if he can do something when his word has already spoken about what he's already done. Now faith is. It's the now that moves me into the future. Now my faith is. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God, but if you come to him, you must choose to believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And I know that that scripture sounds like a mouthful, but the simple line is this, if you come to God, you have to come to him with faith. You have to come to him with a confession. I look around a lot of times and I, and I see people that I know that have had moments where they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in power, but they're not doing anything powerfully. And I ask them and I say, why do, you, why do you talk and complain about that you're not feeling the fire of God? And really, when I, the more I talk about them, it's because that moment that they had, they've kept it to themselves and they haven't gone out and been a witness with it. The greatest evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. That's one version or one evidence of, of you being filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's your witness. I did not get filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit just for me to be able to speak in tongues. That's one aspect of it, but it's for me to go and win my community. It says this when we're talking about faith. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The Word of God. So the Word of God, when I hear His Word, my faith begins to get stronger. But now the Bible goes on and it says, faith without what? Works is dead. It's not talking about faithful acts. Faith without works. Faith without the working of the word on my lips. If you ever wondered, how do I work my faith? Are you speaking the word of God? If you want to know why the Holy Spirit hasn't been at work within you, have you been speaking the word of God? Because the Holy Spirit's at work within you. The power of God is when you declare your confession of faith. And then all of a sudden, the Lord begins to move in your life in a greater way, in a powerful way. So the working of my faith is what I'm speaking, what I'm declaring, what I know to be true. God's word, it is alive and it is active. The confession, hold fast to your confession. Hold fast to have possession of your faith. 
Don't put your faith in other things. That's the problem is we, 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 we allow other things to hold fast to our confession. And so next thing you know is our faith is found in worldly things instead of godly things. But when we can put our faith in godly things and allow that to be our confession every single day of our life. I'm not hoping for a miracle. I'm thanking God for my miracle. Hope keeps me in a place of expectation. But I'm in a place of expectation for what God's already done, not what I'm hoping God can do. He's already done it. He's already done it. The miracles that you were needed today, He has already done it. He already did it. He's just waiting for heaven and earth to come in alignment with your confession of faith. And all of a sudden, God begins to move in that capacity. So there's a story in the Bible, and, and this is what I'm going to conclude with this morning. There's a story in the Bible. In, uh, it's in the book of Mark, chapter 5. Interesting thing about this story is it actually deals with two different individuals at the same time. Jesus gets stopped by a, a religious leader, by the, a man by the name of Jairus. Y'all know that story? Many of us know that story. There's a man who's a religious leader. His name is Jairus, and um, the Bible says that he was a ruler of a synagogue, yet he came to Jesus, laid at his feet, and he begged him that he would lay his hands and touch his daughter who was 12 years old, that she would be healed because she was on her deathbed. Now, we don't know what the condition was that led her to uh, this deathbed, but it was a 12-year-old daughter, and this man was willing to forego his earthly position in a synagogue to get to a spiritual position at the feet of Jesus to ask him to hold fast to his daughter so that she could experience a miracle. So Jesus says, okay, let's go. And as he's on his way to go to Jairus' house to, to pray for his daughter, he bumps into a, a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. And it wasn't so much that he bumped into her as much as it was is that she was willing to get in position by stretching out her hand in faith and touch the hem of his garment. And we know what happens when she touches his hem, that power leaves Jesus, and Jesus says, who touched me? And Peter responds and says, many people are pressed up against you, Lord. What do you mean, who touched me? No, I perceive and I know that power has left me. Who touched me? And the spotlight grows big as it's cast down on this woman who's on the ground. And she stands up, and the Bible says that she is trembling. But at her tremble, she spoke truth. I want you to hear this now. It was at her trembling she spoke truth. For to herself, she said, if I might but touch his hem, I will be healed. That was her confession of faith in her heart. And so she was willing to reach out and hold fast to his hem. And she was made whole. And when she reached out and she was made whole, and now it was publicly known, she could have said, oh, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. She could have felt embarrassed. She could have felt awkward. She could have felt, but she began to speak her truth. And as she spoke her truth, she made a public confession of faith. Let me tell you something. It's one thing when I make a personal confession and Jesus touches me for me, but when I make a public confession, now Jesus is moving through me and touching others. When you make a public confession of faith of what the Lord has done this morning, you make known what the Lord has done in this house today. You make known to the healing that you received today. 
Let them know that my God's a good God. I love it, just as Hunter said, man, come to my church. Jesus healed me. You make known, you let the world know that God is healer, God's deliverer, God is savior. And so she makes this public confession of faith and, and I thought about it, how amazing. Here's this woman who was willing to hold fast. What did she do? She was willing to draw close to God. Have we not been drawing close to God these last 21 days? She was willing to confess with her lips. Have we not been praying and confessing the things of God over 21 days? And she's willing to hold fast to the hem to get her miracle. I want to tell you, just because 21 days is done, don't stop holding fast to the word of God. To the word of God. To the word of God. Hold fast to the word. This year, 2023, if we're going to be great, it's because we're holding fast to the word of God. My confession are the things of God, not the things of man today. She receives her healing. Then they run up to Jesus and they say, hey, where's Jairus at? I know you're on his way to his house, but, oh, hey, Jairus, you know what? Turn to Jesus and tell him, don't even bother, she's already dead. These were people that worked at Jairus' house. These were people that waited on Jairus, came to him and said, don't bother him. Let me tell you something. There's going to be people that's going to try and tell you, oh, don't worry, those things in your life, they're already dead. Don't bother Jesus with it. Don't bother the Lord with it. Don't bother, if, you know what? You can hang out a little bit longer having blurry eyes and deaf ears and ailments in your body. Don't even bother with it. It's, it's already, it's, it, by the way, you know, they've got remedies for that. They got glasses for that. They got things for that. And then that's what we do. We allow that to become our confession of faith because we allow the condition to change our confession. Do not allow the condition to change your confession. Don't allow the condition of this world to change your confession of heaven. So then after that, Jesus turns to Jairus and he just says, believe, believe, believe. When we leave from here today, just believe, just believe, just believe, just believe, just believe. They get up to Jairus' house and it says that there are the weepers and the wailers Oh, Lord, I can't stand weepers and wailers. These were the people that were hired to cry and to weep and to make a scene. There's always people that are going to weep and wail and make a scene. In other words, they're going to just try and get you distracted. Don't allow people, places, and things to distract you from the King of Kings. That was a good bar. Pretty good, right? I should say it again so we can cut it for a video. No. Um, don't allow people, places, and things to distract you from the King of Kings. I'm serious. So Jesus steps into the house. He says, oh, but she's sleeping. Oh, they laugh. Oh, they laugh. People are laughing about how crazy and radical we are as Christians. This is how you know when you're in the midst of a revival is whenever there's ridicule. That's how you know you're in the middle of a move of God is people are going to ridicule, people are going to laugh, people are going to make fun. In fact, a lot of Christians that don't believe the same are the biggest ridiculers and the biggest critics because they're sitting on, on, on doing absolutely nothing with the things of God while we're all experiencing everything from the things of God and they get upset. 
But there's always going to be somebody that's going to ridicule. Don't let that get your spirit down. Hold fast to your confession of faith. What if, for a moment, when you went to go grab lunch today and break your fast, that the power of God hit the waitress at the table or the waiter that came and served you today? What if? What if, for a moment, as you're at the gas station and you're putting the pump in your car, that there's a, a mom there, a single mom with a child that's broken and doesn't know what to do and how am I even going to have enough money to pay for the gas, but you could be the very moment that she needs to minister the gospel to her life. What if? What if? We could just say, yes, God, I believe. Because I confess it and I know it to be true. What if? So Jesus had to put them out. You're going to have to put things out. He put the ridiculers and all of the distractions aside and he got before this little girl and he said to her, little girl, arise. Church, I say to you today, arise. It's time to go higher so that we can experience greater today. Let us go higher, God, so that we can experience greater because you are greater today. I think the most beautiful contrast between Jairus and his daughter and the woman with the issue of blood. The woman suffered for 12 years. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. Jairus asked Jesus to lay his hands and hold fast to his daughter and the woman was willing to stretch out her hands and hold fast to Jesus. What a beautiful parallel. Let us hold fast to our confession today, Lord. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.